Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the No Rain, No Flowers podcast. This is your host, Carly Rasball, and I am so excited for this week's episode. I feel like I say that every week, but truly this episode means so much to me. There's so much that I relate to in this episode, and it was very nice to be able to talk about it and relate to somebody who has gone through similar things or has um, some of the same insecurities and things like that. Um, I really think that a lot of people are going to be able to relate to it. So um, I want to thank this person for coming on this week and being vulnerable. I know that the things we talk about can be very triggering. Um, So I cannot thank her enough for being able to share that and also congratulate her. I'm very proud of her for being able to talk about it. And she's seriously a warrior. Like the things that this girl has gone through is absolutely insane and she deserves the absolute world. So um, with saying that, I just want to give a trigger warning that we do talk about suicide, um, eating disorders, sexual assault, and family dilemmas. So if any of that triggers you, I just want to let you know ahead of time. And I also want to remind you that um, whoever I have on my podcast, please show them love and respect and, um, you know, don't diminish them in any way. So without further ado, let's get to it. All right. So this week's guest is Nevaeh Hoyer. <laughs> Yay. Welcome, Nevaeh, to the podcast, everybody. <laughs> so, Nevaeh, do you want to go ahead and introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah. So, um, can you still hear me if I go off the thing? Yeah, I can hear okay. you. Perfect. Okay. So, I'm a senior at Prairie Heights High School. Um, I'm graduating in December. I'm going to be an early grad just so I can um, kind of start college early. I plan on going to Trine University. I want to study business administration. And then I also have horses and I barrel race. And a lot of people would only know me from that. So <laughs> um, so I'm part of the IBRA, which is the International Barrel Racing Association. And then I also do like 4-H and FFA and that kind of thing. So I'm heavily involved in like agriculture. That's kind of what I do through school is the FFA stuff. So Nice. I think definitely in the area is a huge agriculture area. And Prairie Heights is a huge ag school, isn't it? Like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Huge we have FFA. Like a whole school farm. Oh, yeah, that's true. Oh, I think that's so cool. A very, I love like, community-based organization. Oh, 100%. And- yeah, it's so nice, too, because... Um, it just kind of brings everybody together, like, at the school and the FFA kids. Like, we're always so adamant to help mm-hmm. and do stuff there. So, it's really nice. Nice. We, at Lakeland, we had an FFA chapter, but I feel like I hear more about Prairie Heights than Lakeland. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's probably so bad to say, but it's true. I honestly was a little jealous of how, like, community you guys are. And I don't know. There's just so many um people in your group and everything your club yeah which we're so blessed with because honestly it kind of brings our school closer together um Mm -hmm. just because I mean we have that to like go off of and to help each other do is be at the school farm and doing stuff through the FFA so it's definitely 
good to have it and it it doesn't hurt us in any way yeah so how long have you um had horses um so I've had them my whole life um my mom has had them and my grandma has had them so it's kind of just been passed down so it's been something that I have pretty much been forced to learn I shouldn't say forced (laughs) just because I enjoy it but it was the inevitable like I was going to learn it anyway so how long have you been barrel racing So, honestly, I didn't really start barrel racing until probably competitively, like, three years ago. I've had the horses, and, like, I was barrel racing, but it wasn't, like, through the IBRA. But I joined the IBRA three years ago. Um, Pretty much, I had my fair share of awful horses, I should say. So, (laughs) I didn't really do much, like, barrel racing with those ones. But once I got Cali, which is... The horse I have now, it kind of just clicked, and that was mm-hmm. like, okay, this is this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I want to do. So, forever grateful for her because Aww. she made that possible. So, that's so sweet. Love her. I never knew that you barrel raced before. Oh, really? Yeah, I didn't know that. Yeah, I. That's like all I do in the summer. Which this summer I kind of took a step back just because I was working and that mm-hmm. kind of. It'll always be like a part of me. So. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for sharing those interesting facts. Um, I'm sure a lot of people listening can probably relate to the, you know, the area that we are both from and um, those kind of activities. Um, I want to ask you about your mental health and kind of like what your history is with that. So honestly, um, It started mostly in, like, July of 2021. Um, I was working my horses and that kind of thing, and I just kind of felt like, oh, my gosh, my hard work isn't paying off. What am I doing wrong? Like, what's wrong with me? Mm -hmm. So then I got unmotivated with my horses because I was like, okay, so if the work isn't going to even make anything good come out of it, then why would I do it anyway? So I got super unmotivated and then that just was like a spiral because then it turned into, oh my gosh, you're awful. Like you're not doing anything with your horses. And then I stopped eating. Like I would just, I would go days on end without eating. And that kind of like almost triggered an eating disorder, I would say, just because even now I'll be like, I'll be like, okay, I'm not eating. Like I'm upset. I don't, I don't want to eat. Or I'll look in the mirror and be like, okay, like you're not eating. You know what I mean? So Mm It definitely just, it started mostly then. Um, It's kind of just spiraled from there. Um, I would say that it got better, but then in April of 2022, um, so the guy that I was with, I'm not with him anymore. um, We went through like, it was, there was a sexual assault. um, And things have like cleared up since then, like everything's good now, but not only that happened at the beginning of April, but my parents sold the house in at like at the end of April. So a lot of change happened. And like when when I went through that sexual assault, I never understood like how that would make someone feel until I was like, okay, so is that what a woman is to you? Like, is that all I am as a woman? So that kind of like triggered some things. And um just the change of selling the house, that was a lot because we had lived there for like eight years. So Mm -hmm. I went to school there. I pretty much grew up there. So it was, it was a lot. And I, 
it just continued to get worse because my parents were struggling because of the change of selling the house. And they like felt like they had failed me and my brother and they would bring that up. They're like, we just feel like we're not doing well. Like we're not good parents. And that just makes me upset because me and my parents are super close. So to see them like that, it kind of got me down. And like, honestly, living situations really do play a huge role because if you're not comfortable, like, away from things that trigger you such as school or something that stresses you out like work and I'm not comfortable coming home then it it almost felt like there was no way of getting out of my mental illness um so it was it was kind of a rough time um yeah we went on and like I went on antidepressants and like I thought that they worked for a little bit and then all of a sudden it was just like I had this thing in my head that's like oh my gosh, you're 16 years old. Like, why are you relying on a pill to pretty much keep you alive, you know? So I just stopped taking them. And I mean, I haven't taken them since. I just kind of like worked on things mentally on my own and got better. But like, I don't know, my family wasn't getting better. So that was kind of a big role in my life because I knew how like my mom and my dad were feeling. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was kind of hard. It was really hard. And then also, like, being a teenager is hard at that time anyway, oh, especially yes. as a female, because you're like, okay, I need to do good in school, but I also need to have clear skin, and I also need mm-hmm. to be this weight, and I also need to look like this, and so it was just, it was just a lot to deal with, um, and then it just, the whole house thing, we were like, okay, we're moving, like, we're trying to find something, and then the economy was, like, and still is pretty bad. So we were like, okay, is this even ever going to be something that we get to do is be with my family and like have our family dynamic back. So it was just a lot. Um, We've since like, we're remodeling a house right now. So that's kind of been a weight off my shoulders because I know like, it was so nice seeing my mom and dad excited about something again and my brother. So, but it kind of take, took a breaking point for my family because my dad um, he was actually suicidal and he tried to kill himself. So after we found out about that and like he came out and told us, we were like, okay, we seriously need to make a change because it's not worth that. Mm-hmm. So all of those things all in one were kind of just so much to deal with on top of going to school and I'm in college classes and I'm still in high school. So it was just a lot to deal with. Yes. Oh my gosh. That that is way too much for one person to ever handle or have to go through all at once. Oh my gosh. It was, it's, it was a lot. And I'm just like happy now that I'm finding ways to like get better and that my family's getting better. Mm -hmm. I think the hardest part, definitely like, honestly, like the hardest part was not the sexual assault or selling the house. It was my dad and the whole situation with him because me and my dad are so close. And I just was like, how did I not see this? Like, I knew that he was upset and that he was stressed out, but like, how did I miss this? And it was just a lot, a lot to handle. Um, And then me and my mom were talking about it and like, we were just like, we need to do something. And we didn't know if we should tell my brother because, you know, he's still pretty young. Like he's not naive, but Mm -hmm. it's just a lot. Yeah. Um, Did you feel like a sense of guilt in a way? Like, um, I wouldn't say guilt because I knew that everybody was going through something. Um, it was just a lot like, how did I, how did I miss it? And 
what can I do now to make it better? That's good that you, like, from there, it was, I mean, it's very unfortunate that it came to that point, but it was almost like a light bulb and everybody, like, kind of came together to, like, mend the relationship and figure something out for all of you guys to kind of heal and come back together. Right, which um, I'm so grateful for my grandpa because he was the one that was like, why don't you just, he had a rental property and he's like, why don't you just buy this and remodel the house? Because my dad actually, like the night that it happened, it was in August and I wasn't home. So I like was trying to call my dad because I needed something and he wasn't answering. And I knew that something had happened when I wasn't home because he was texting me and he was like, hey, can you can you come get Leroy or can you, you know, Leroy's my dog. I should <laughs> clarify. You had like, my oh, dog with him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he's like, can you come out here and get him? And I was like, I'm sorry, like I can't, you know, and I was in a place that I couldn't have my dog at the moment. And mm-hmm. so then my mom called me that morning and she's like, have you heard from your dad? And I was like, no. And this was the second time. So we were kind of worried. We were like, okay, we know that he has had thoughts about this and tried once before. So we were kind of freaking out a little bit. Mm-hmm. So um, I called my grandpa and I was like, hey, have you heard from my dad? Because my dad would always say, okay, I'm just going to go stay at his dad's. So mm-hmm. we would you know, we would be like, okay, maybe he's there. My grandpa's like, no, I haven't, but that's not good. And when my grandpa said that, I knew that it wasn't good because that man does not bat an eye at anything. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay. But then finally, like, my dad called me back and he told my mom that, like, he'd tried again. And it took a lot for him to tell my mom. Obviously, like, it takes a lot for anybody to come out and say that. But my grandpa was like, after hearing that and me calling him, he was like, okay, like, so I'm forever grateful for him because he was like, you guys just come here and redo this house and that kind of thing. So that's nice. But it was, I wish that it wouldn't have gotten to a breaking point like that to where my family needed to make a change. Like we knew we needed to, but I wish that it didn't get to that point. Yeah, of course. Oh my gosh. I can only imagine. I mean, I, I've had people in my life that have also tried to hurt themselves and, um, take their own lives and being in that position where you are so close to it and it's one of the most heartbreaking things ever to go through, seeing somebody that close to you just be so help, helpless and, and like yeah, they're breaking sometimes yeah and I'm like does he feel like like I'm not proud of him like I see what he does every day he goes to work for his family that kind of thing so it mm. was just a lot like to handle in that aspect as well yeah well that is amazing that your grandpa oh my gosh saved yeah, your family he <laughs> he's a good guy <laughs> <laughs> okay so we talked a little bit about um April and how yeah in April was when the sexual assault happened mm-hmm. um how did you handle that so honestly I did not have like 
I don't know what the word I'm looking for is, but I couldn't really tell my parents because we were still together, like me and that that guy, we were still together. And um, it was just it was just hard because they looked at him. They were like, he's such a good guy and he, this and that. And it was just really hard for me to like come out and tell my parents. Mm-hmm. So we stayed together. And but after that point, it was just like, I started questioning, like, okay, is this who I really want to be with? Like, is, do I even know who I'm with? And that kind of thing. And on top of that, within that relationship, I lost friends because I wasn't allowed to hang out with certain people. Like, even my closest friends from FFA, like, Mm -hmm. I was not, he didn't want me hanging out with them, that kind of thing. So that was really hard. And my parents didn't know that. So it pretty much got to the point where I was done with it. I was over it. And my mom and dad were kind of just like, what do you mean? Like, he's so good. And like, I feel like you're going to regret it. And then once they said that, I was like, okay, but this is what happened. And then that like flipped a switch in them. And they were like, okay, you do what you need to do because that's not acceptable. And so that was kind of a hard thing to go through too, because my parents were like, he's really good. And that's, that's not their fault because it's honestly my fault for not like coming out and telling them. It was just really hard to tell someone that because, you know, honestly, after it happens, how do you tell them without crying and getting frustrated Mm -hmm. and that kind of thing? And I hate crying. So it was just hard. And to admit that, I don't know, you have like a sense of like, it's your fault in a way, but it's not your fault at all yeah exactly I'm like what did I do like how could have I prevented this and is this my fault and how like how are they gonna perceive it are they gonna think it's my fault are they gonna believe me that whole that was like the biggest I'm like are they gonna believe me because he comes across to them as such a good guy so you know what I mean it was just it was a lot but honestly it went the best way that it could because my parents were both like okay that's not acceptable and we're not gonna see you be with someone like that Mm -hmm. well that's really good I'm glad that that ended that way um but you're in a better relationship right I am I am he is a good guy so I mean sometimes I'm like seriously Cole what are you doing but (laughs) that's all men so I gotta pick my battles (laughs) football does he love you or football more than uh, did you see my tiktok I was like gonna dress up as a fantasy football league (laughs) yeah I thought that was so funny oh my gosh he texts me the next morning and he's like good morning fantasy football league I was like oh my gosh that's why I love you because you always have to joke around about everything you make me laugh so oh well that's good I mean we all go I mean, you had the worst type of relationship, probably, like, with the sexual assault and the controlling and things like that. So, be able, yeah. so being able with being able to be with another guy and have so much love with him, that is, that's really special. So, I'm happy. It is you. special, which, honestly, like, coming from that relationship, it was really hard for a couple months with me and Cole, just because it was so hard for me to trust him because of mm-hmm. what happened in my past and that kind of thing, but he truly showed me like you can trust me and that kind of thing. So that was really nice. That's good. He's, he's really good about it. So does um he's in college, right? Yeah, yeah. So he actually um graduated last year, so he is a chemical engineer. He's like really oh. smart or something. 
<laughs> definitely not me I could never yeah. be a chemical engineer me either oh every time I have math homework I'm like Cole I need help <laughs> <laughs> well that's good that he's there for you and he can do it for you yeah yeah <laughs> thank you. god because I would not fail I would not pass without it <laughs> oh my gosh so is it hard to balance like school and a boyfriend that's older and um you know like social life with friends and things like that honestly it is but I kind of have like my set days because I have to have my week plan like I have to know what I'm doing just because of like I get so anxious if I don't so like I know that on um like Saturdays me and Cole will go to his parents and we'll watch the Notre Dame game which Mm -hmm. has just been for a couple weeks because football just started but I know that that's what we're gonna do like we're gonna I'm gonna see him on Saturday and usually I see him on Sunday as well um Friday nights it just kind of depends because I like sometimes I work Saturday morning so Mm -hmm. I balance it pretty well though I mean I get out of school at noon on Friday so a lot of times I'll hang out with people after school on Fridays and we'll go do something um it is kind of hard sometimes just with work because I don't get out until eight o'clock. So I'm like, what do I do? Like a lot yeah. of my friends are already home, that kind of thing. But I, f- I feel like I balance it pretty well with as much as I have going on between work and school. Um, honestly, I don't do that much outside of work and school other than hang out with Cole and um, me and Sophia hang out quite a bit, but Good. I feel like I, I feel like I balance it pretty well between everybody's schedules. Um, it'll be interesting to see what happens in November, though, because Cole is moving closer to work, so he won't be five minutes down the road. It'll be more like 30. Oh, so we'll no. see what happens there because I don't get out of work until 8 o'clock most nights. So, mm-hmm. Dang. Yeah. So, so you're a full-time student, and you work pretty much full-time. You work quite a yeah. bit. Yeah, so I work on um, Monday, Tuesday, and Thursday from 1.30 to 8 at the vet clinic, but then I also serve at Pizza Hut on Wednesdays, um, gotcha. like from like 4 to 10.30, and then some Saturdays I'm required I'm required to work two Saturdays a month, so I'm at the vet clinic two Saturdays a month, so. Mm-hmm. Wow, so late nights. Yeah, yeah. Very late nights. Oh my gosh. Well, I feel like that is such a struggle for teenagers to, I mean, I know so many teenagers who don't even have jobs and you know what I mean? Like that is so crazy to, like for me, I couldn't work during the school year because I was so like involved with school, like a lot of clubs and I did sports. And so my parents were like, as long as you work in the summer, like we're not going to make you have a job during the school year. But, like, it was hard for me to balance school, social life, um, sports, clubs, and everything. I can only imagine working throughout the school year and all summer and having to balance and also the late nights and things like that. I I applaud you because I could never do that. <laughs> Thank you. Um, it's honestly, like, I pretty much choose to work. My parents have told me like the same thing that your parents have told you Mm -hmm. about like if you're in sports and stuff we'll get your gas that kind of thing like you don't have to work Mm -hmm. um so I pretty much made the choice 
but I also have such a big work ethic, so I'm like, I want to go to work because I like money, so yeah. <laughs> it's not bad, but it is a lot to handle sometimes. Like, once in October, I'm picking up a few more trying classes um, mm-hmm. online, so I had to, like, talk to my manager and be like, hey, I'm picking up more classes. I need less time here, mm-hmm. so it's just something that I have to find balance in. Like I need to make time for school because in the end school is more important than making money. Um, Especially since I'm trying to like graduate, not only from high school early, but graduate from trying in like two years instead of the four. So yeah, it's ultimately more important than going to work. Yeah. Are you going to go to trying in the spring of 2024 or the fall? So the spring, I should be able to start in January. Um, my application is in. I'm just waiting to hear back. But the like the dean of students at Trine pretty much was like, since you are already a dual credit student and have been for three years, like we've already seen your transcript and that kind of thing. So you mm-hmm. already kind of have your foot in the door. Good. Um, and it's close to home, so I won't have to pay for housing or anything. And I can still be with my dog. So. Aww. That is a plus. Yes, I love lovely Roy. <laughs> That's such a cute name. My mom, oh my gosh, my mom told me the other day, she was like, if we get another dog, I want to name him Leroy. And I was like, okay. <laughs> That's, you should. That's, That's so funny. I did not. It's Leroy. such a funny I, name. It's it like is. an old man name. Yeah, and I'm like, for real. Leroy. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was like your brother's name at first. When you like, <laughs> I love when like, Dogs come in and they have human names. It's the best thing ever. It is. Oh my gosh. Okay, so um, you kind of identified your stressors in your life. So school and um, past trauma and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that kind of adds to the stressors are triggers. So what are some of the things that trigger you to kind of go back into like increased anxiety or like kind of like a depressive state or panic like what would those triggers be for you so honestly um a lot of it is if I hear like people's opinions upon like me or my choices in my life that kind of thing that kind of just sets me back because I'm like okay so why why don't why don't they agree with what I'm doing because I'm someone that finds validation in other people Mm -hmm. um which is not something that I would recommend for anybody because in the end it's whatever makes you happy but I mean obviously um a lot of things have happened and just like people's opinions are crazy and I'm just like okay why why don't you agree with me and that Mm -hmm. kind of thing or like I hear stuff and obviously me and Cole are a few years apart and we've definitely heard backlash off of that Mm -hmm. and it kind of sets me back when I hear it still to this day because I'm like it but you guys don't understand what makes me happy and you don't understand what makes him happy and you were just looking at something that's so broad and Mm -hmm. it was it was a lot to um take in like at first when we first started talking and that kind of thing but it's kind of went over now but even people's opinions on like me graduating early what I do with my horses what me and my family do that kind of thing because it just kind of sets you back and you're yeah. like okay why don't you agree with me which is not it's not good but it's also like I'm just very I see everybody and I'm like okay I want you to I want you to like me is where mm-hmm. it comes from 
Like, I want yeah. you to be proud of me and I want you to like me because I don't like to be someone that's not liked. Um, so a lot of that, I would say that's the biggest trigger, just kind of hearing those things. And it's kind of laid down now, but it still happens and it's always going to happen. So that's something that I have tried getting over and like I'm working on getting over. Mm-hmm. But another one would be like not having the plans just because I hate being alone. Um being unorganized, like I'll be sitting in class and just think of something that I need to do and I have to write it down right then, right there, or I will get anxious. And if I don't get to write it down in that moment, I think about it all day until I do. So it's just kind of like, I have so much going on. I need to write it down. Mm -hmm. Um, And then change, just any kind of change. Like we're moving and I'm so happy to move, but I'm stressed out because I'm like, okay, I need to get this, this and this for my room and I need to help my parents do this and I need to you know it's just kind of like anxiety a lot um is where that comes from but it's just something that I need to work on yeah I have never related to somebody so much in my entire (laughs) life oh my gosh I am also somebody who seeks validation in other people so heavily it gets me so messed up sometimes um not only like validation from like boys because like I think of okay I'm gonna clear my skin because guys like girls with no acne and like I kind of like change my appearance that way but also from girls is like exactly one of the worst things in the whole world getting another because girl like to like see you someone and you're like okay um why do they look like that and I look like this and you kind of just compare yourself oh my gosh like, yeah okay, I need to look like her so that I can not only validate the public's opinion but mine as well mm-hmm. so and that goes for all parts of like our bodies like oh my gosh yeah I mean yeah I definitely come to like the realization that we're all made differently and uniquely so like I'm I love parts of my body that other people hate about themselves and vice versa so I mean it's definitely just growing and processing things differently, but oh my gosh, yeah, the validation and when somebody doesn't like you or when somebody doesn't like me, I go kind of berserk because I'm just like, I do all these things and you still don't like me. And Exactly. Or you're like, look at all the things I have done and you want to have an opposite opinion on me for one thing. Yeah. So it's like, Why do you not like me? Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing wrong? But, I mean, it all comes down to, I mean, do we like everybody? Not always. (laughs) I mean, some of the people that I'm like, oh, I really want you to like me, I don't even like them. Right. So, it's like, (laughs) why do I want you to like me if I don't even like you? Like, I don't hate you. Yeah, I I don't hate you. Yeah, Yeah, that's exactly what it comes down to is. I don't hate you and it's okay to not like everybody trust me not everybody is meant for everybody that's what makes us different is our different opinions and things like that but man isn't that a realization do you yeah it's like yeah (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh but also the I think it's maybe OCD about writing things down right away because I'm the same way I have to like, I put things in my notes app or, like, send myself text messages, but it's, it hits different when you write it down. And yeah, like, I'll take out my notebook in school and be, like, just start writing stuff down. Like, Friday at Trine, 
I just started thinking, I was like, man, my car's really a mess. And I started getting anxious. So I sat down in class, just started writing down everything I needed to do, like sweep out my car, wipe it down, get an air freshener. I was like, why is this triggering me right now? Like in this moment of time. Why am I so anxious? That is yes. so true. Oh my gosh. That was, that was me like every night before I go to bed. I'm like, okay, what do I have to do tomorrow? Let me make a list. It was so bad when I was in school. Oh my gosh. In class, I'd make a list of everything I'd have to do at home. Like every single homework assignment, like do my laundry, wash my makeup brushes. Like every single night, either I was busy cleaning or doing homework or sports, but like it was so insane because I would have to write it down and make sure I cross it off. Right. And then it's so hard to focus on one thing because you know you have something coming up. So I have found that writing it down makes it better because I can check things off and I know what I need to do and I'm not going to miss anything. But it's so hard to focus on one thing when you have a hundred billion things running in your mind about what you need to do. Oh my gosh. And school does not help. (laughs) No. At all. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Um, And then you also talked about um, being alone and not having plans. Yeah. So honestly, I hate being alone. I used to love being alone until after I started like having a mental illness because I personally feel like your mental illness strikes hardest when you don't have something to distract you from thinking of anything bad that's ever happened to you. It's like that TikTok sound. I just lay in my room and think about anything bad that's ever happened to me. And it's so true. So I like to have plans with friends or plans with Cole, just so that I know that like I'm with someone and my mental illness like will back off of me a little bit. It'll it'll stay quiet for a couple hours. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's time for bed. So I just go to sleep anyway. (laughs) I like during the school year, if I didn't have, if I wasn't going to a game or, oh no, my dogs are barking. If I wasn't going to, let's shut that door. If I wasn't going to a game or hanging out with my friends or doing homework or like doing something to keep my mind busy, I would just sit and stir and worry about everything that I had to do or everything that had like is going wrong, things that I worried about at school or people that I worried about. And I, it's gotten a lot better, but before I would go to sleep every night, I would, I literally would obsess over things. So like during the day I'd be fine. I'd find like some kind of distraction. And then at night when I'm just by myself, when I'm trying to go to sleep, that's when it was the worst for me was. Exactly. Because it's like exactly what you said about you just stir about it. And Mm -hmm. it's so hard because you're like, you know, how do I stop thinking about it? So Mm I 100% agree with that. And it'd be about stupid stuff too. Like I'd be like, I'd be thinking about a movie and I'm like, okay, what is that actress's name that was in that movie? Yeah. And And you have to look it up. Yeah. Right that second. I have to look it up. I'm like, I was just five minutes away from being asleep. And here I am. I have to look up who this actress is in this movie I've never seen before. Because my brain won't (laughs) shut up. Yes. (laughs) Like, be quiet, bro. I'm trying to sleep. Yeah. (laughs) It's such a, I mean, I, I don't deal with that as much as I used to, but oh my gosh, it was so bad. I don't really know what changed, to be honest. I think I just got more busy throughout the day. So I'd just be more tired at night. I've really grown to love sleep a lot and really value it. I value my sleep so much, which honestly, I think a lot of that stems from like when I was depressed 
in July of 2021 because I was like, okay, just going to go to sleep because at least I don't have to think about it. And mm -hmm. now I just love my sleep. And honestly, it's just a relaxing moment for me. Like, it's not because I'm upset or anything. It's just like I can relax and sleep. I love yeah. my sleep. And it's also a time where you can be by yourself in a way. Like yeah, like I can be by myself without my mental illness attacking me <laughs> at the moment. So, yes. Okay, so do you have any advice or tips for anybody who is struggling with any any kind of thing that you've ever struggled with? So like coming out to your parents about things that had happened with you in the relationship or um, family struggles, relationship struggles, mental illness, overthinking struggles. Do you have any advice or tips for people who may be dealing with the same things? I do. So honestly, a lot of people say, like, find the good in every day. But honestly, it's so hard to find the good when you're struggling. It's so hard because you focus on the things that are bad and what has happened to you. And it's honestly, you're just going, you're just trying to survive every day. You're just trying to survive and get through the day. So I was like, don't find the good, create it yourself. Like, go buy yourself that coffee. Go drive, yes. listen to music, hang out with your friends as much as you feel you need to. If that's every day, then go do it. If that's your goodness of your day, then go do it. Like you have to create something. You have to create happiness for yourself. And only you know what really can make you happy. So if I'm having a bad day, I, I will go buy myself that $7 coffee because it makes me happy. So mm -hmm. that's how I created my good in the day. <laughs> and like I just find something really that I can make good for myself and if that's listening to a certain song or this and it's just little things that you have to do in every day that will make you feel better and like with the whole insecurities and those things I look in the mirror and I tell myself I'm like you're beautiful you're loved you're valued and I saw this saying and it was like flowers are pretty so are sunrises and sunsets but they're nowhere close to the same thing mm -hmm. so you cannot compare yourself to other people and I know that's so hard to do but if you tell yourself in the mirror that you're beautiful after a while you will look at yourself and you will honestly believe it and see that you are such a good person on the inside and the outside so that's what I would say just create the good and just remind yourself how loved beautiful and valued that you are um Honestly, that's that's what's helped me quite a bit. That's good. I, oh my gosh, I swear by affirmations and mm -hmm. telling yourself, even if you're, even if you don't believe it in that moment, like you said, you'll start to believe it. And like, I buy myself flowers every week. Like I, I could wait around for somebody else to buy me flowers, like friends or a boy or whatever, but right. I like flowers. So I buy exactly. myself flowers. And which. That's why I'm like, I do those little things for myself because at the end, like I stopped on the side of the road and picked myself wildflowers and put them in a vase because I was like, if, if I have to beg someone else to do it for me when I could do it myself, then I'm at fault too. Like mm -hmm. I can do these things and make myself happy. Yeah. So. And if it's something that makes you happy, you should be able to do it yourself just as much as anybody else could do it for you. Exactly. Exactly. Oh. All right. Well, thank you so much, Nevaeh, for being on this week's episode. Well, thank um, you for having me. Of course. I so appreciate everything that you shared. You have no idea how vulnerable, like how much I appreciate it. Oh, it's insane. I want to give a big, 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 big thank you to Nevaeh for this week's episode. 
Um, and just to anybody out there who is going through some of the same things that we have gone through, um, just know that, you know, Neve and I are, are perfect examples of it gets better. And that sucks to hear sometimes, like, definitely can sound like you're in, your feelings are getting invalidated, but I promise you that once you start to believe, like, things are going to get better, and like we said before, tell yourself every day um, the things that you wish you believed in that moment, and things will get better. All right, so you know what to do. Make sure you follow the Instagram at Narena Flowers Podcast. I do a lot of... Um, updates and things like that. So if you're not following, I don't know what you're doing and make sure you share and I don't know, tell your friends about it. <laughs> that sounds so weird. Um, I really hope that this continues to grow because I feel like stories like Nevaeh's could reach so many people that need the help. So make sure you share this week's episode and I will see you guys next week.